What's up guys, it's Naomi here, aka The Aspiring Apologist. I hope you all have had a great week. Uh, I've been really busy with school this past semester. You know, it's senior year and it's just, it's really hectic in college or in high school or grad school, whenever, whatever spot you're in. You know that senior year is pretty hard or just even being in school in general. But I apologize for not being on here. I was going to do a podcast on Calvinism, but uh, I got super busy, and so I never got to it. But today, we're going to discuss something, if you haven't seen the title, but we're going to discuss universalism today. I wasn't expecting to discuss this. Um, It's going to be a very quick episode, and the reason why I'm choosing to do this is because One of my inspirations to start this podcast was to get more materials out there and more resources out there for people who maybe they don't go to Bible college. Maybe they don't want to go to Bible college. Maybe they would prefer to go to a state college or a local like a community college or something so they won't be able to have access to the resources that you would have at a seminary or a Bible college. And that's completely fine. Like, as ministers, that's your specialty. So, of course, you're going to know more um, and have more resources if you go to a seminary or a Christian college than someone who is studying medicine or or something like that at a state college but or university. (laughs) Um, But one of my other inspirations for this podcast actually stemmed out of me finding a podcast called Daily Reformation, which is, uh, well, it's not, I looked it up on Spotify, it's not on there now, but it was run by, um, Jason Barefoot. He's a really young guy, I think he's probably like 19, 20 years old, probably a freshman or sophomore in college, but, uh, he had a, a really good podcast, and I would try to listen to it pretty regularly, and I recommended it to other people. I think I recommended it to to people on one of my first podcast episodes. But I want to revoke, I guess I could say, the recommendations I have made because Jason now admits to a form of universalism. I don't know if you have seen what he has posted, but... He has posted quite a bit about his shifting beliefs. He hasn't been as active on the podcast lately, but he believes that all will be saved eventually. So I'm not trying to slander or gossip. I just want to point this out because I don't want anyone to be deceived, and I want Christians to understand what we believe and why which is the point of this podcast. I want us to have a strong foundation for our beliefs. And this brother of mine has now um, apostatized, however you say it. Uh, He has left what is orthodox, which is not universalism. But I love Jason. He is a brother in Christ. And we need to pray for him and not hate on him. And I just want to get this out there so that there's clarity and that there will be more discernment in this topic because it is a very important one. But with all that said, let's start. So what is universalism? There's many different forms, but the basic 
line of belief, the basic foundation of the belief is that all people will eventually be saved. And now there's different um, angles you could take to this. Like, some believe that Christ's atonement covers all of mankind. So like when it says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that, for God so loved the world section, part of that passage, um, they take that as literally the whole world. Which is a bit out of context because it goes on to say whoever whosoever believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. But anyways, um, they believe that regardless of whether or not they believe in Jesus or the gospel or the Bible, they will be saved because atonement, that is Jesus' death on the cross, is universal and applies to all mankind. Uh, some believe that all religions believe in the same God, but give different names to him. And there isn't one singular way to become saved since all paths lead to the same God. So like um, Muslim or Islam and Christianity and uh, whatever, insert whatever religion that has a God in it, they would argue that it's the same God and that all paths lead to this said God, we just have different names for him. And then some believe that there is a hell, for sure, and some will be punished, but God will eventually save all of those in hell. So it's basically like saying that hell isn't eternal. And this is where Jason is landing at in this spectrum of universalism. Uh, while these viewpoints are extremely appealing, they are not biblical at all and are complete heresy. And I don't like to use that word lightly, heresy, but that is, that is what it is. It is not an orthodox belief in the Christian faith that all will eventually be saved, no matter what angle you take for universalism. But I want to start by quoting one of my favorite theologians, Mike Winger. You may have heard him, you may have not heard him, but I highly recommend his content. Uh, in the American Gospel documentary, I can't remember which one, um, they were discussing like uh, salvation and um, things of that matter. And he said this thing, and it really stuck out to me. And it said, God, or he said, God has not lost if someone is not saved. You see, God is still glorified if someone goes to hell. And I know that sounds horrible and we're going to want to reject that because we're not comfortable with hell. We're not comfortable with this punishment that's eternal. And it's se seemingly to us, we think that our, our sin in this temporary lifetime that is so limited, we want to assume that we don't deserve the eternal punishment. We deserve something that's more balanced. That's just how we've been taught, especially in the American culture of like, you know, you go to court and you should not be charged more than what you are guilty for. But it's a big deal to sin against God because God is perfect and we are not. And it doesn't matter how temporary our lives are. It doesn't matter what we think about our sins, because our sins are committed against a holy God. 
You see, Romans 9, 21-24 says, Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and the other for dishonorable use? What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. You see, God is glorified. Why? Because his attributes are being revealed. His wrath, his power, and his riches of glory and his mercy. You see, I think it's, as people, as humans, as we are dis- like I said, we are, dis- com- we are uncomfortable with the idea of hell. We are uncomfortable with the idea that we will be punished forever if we do not choose him. But you see, God... God's wrath deserves just as much glory as his mercy. God's power deserves just as much glory as his love. It's all one and the same. God is 100% just and he is 100% loving. And there is no way that you can be loving without having justice. It wouldn't be fair. You see, if God did not show justice, if God was just kind of like, um, I'll punish this one, but, oh, you did that good thing that one time, so you're good. That would not be fair. If a judge did that in court, you would you would go up in arms with them. You would want to fight somebody. But God is just. He is perfectly just. And you can have wrath, and you can have love, and it still be in complete unison. They don't contradict one another. Another verse we have here is 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor rivalers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But... You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. You can see it here on this list. Nor the sexually immoral, nor the idolaters, nor the adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, drunkards, revilers, swindlers, none of them will inherit the kingdom of God. And we were all of these at one point before we encountered Christ. We had absolutely no hope and we were all on the road to hell. But you see that word but is the key word. We were washed, we were sanctified and justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Not Buddha, not Baal, not yourself, not your neighbor, not your boyfriend, your girlfriend, husband, wife, not your youth minister, not even the sinner's prayer, but the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of our God. There is absolutely no other way to salvation besides through Jesus Christ. No other way. And sinners will not be left unpunished. 
And the only way that we can have our sins atoned for is through faith in Jesus because Jesus took on the wrath of God that we deserved, that we so deserved, so that we can come before a holy and righteous and perfect and loving and holy God and that we can be considered righteous, not because we deserve it, but because Jesus is powerful enough to save us with complete certainty. There's no doubt about it. Revelation 21.8 is another verse I have here. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake of fire that burns with sulfur, which is the second death. If you have no faith, you will encounter the second death, which is hell. There's no ifs, ands, buts, or or anything about it. And right before this, in Revelation 20.10, it says, And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Hell is eternal. It does not end. And even Jesus when he's teaching about the final judgment and how the sheep will be separated from the goats, in other words, how believers will be separated from the unbelievers. In Matthew 25, 41, he says, and this is the words of Jesus, that he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, and to the eternal fire prepared for the devils and his angels. It's an eternal Fire that is coming from the mouth of Jesus Christ, who our faith revolves around. It's eternal. And you got Mark not Mark 9, 42, 48. This is Jesus talking again about temptation and causing others to sin. For it says, He says, Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for the for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea and if your hand causes you to sin cut it off it is better for you to enter crippled to, to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell the unquenchable fire and if your foot causes you to sin cut it off it is better for you to enter lame than Enter life lame, then with two feet to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell. Where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Hell is eternal. I got another one. Second Thessalonians 1, 9. Paul is writing to the Thessalonian church here about Christ's future judgment. And it says, In the flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His might. Hell is eternal. And you can see there are countless times if you read through the Bible and you look at Scripture and really study it. 
There are countless times in scripture where Jesus and those writing in the epi- writing the epistles state that hell is eternal and that atonement is not universal. Not all people will be saved, and I know that is a hard truth to swallow, but that should encourage us. That should encourage us to continue to go share the gospel. We must take the gospel to all nations and continue to grow closer to God. Do not just do this out of fear of trying to get out of hell, but do this because God is holy and you are not, because he is the king of kings and the lord of lords, the alpha and the omega, the lion and the lamb, the creator of the universe, perfect in every way, yet Christ still chose to voluntarily take on the wrath of God in order that you will be saved. That's true love. Not that we were great or we deserve any of this, but that he is so gracious and merciful and kind and perfect and loving and just and faithful. Not us. That right there is unconditional love. And as stated by Jesus when he's speaking to the disciples in John 15, 13 through 15, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. There is no greater love than the love of Jesus that would lay down his life for us. We should want to share that. It doesn't make sense to live a life where we don't share that we got to share this with people. We can't just wallow in thinking about how there's some that won't go, to, won't go to heaven. I exhort you to go and share the gospel and to love others and to stand in the truth in love. And with that being said, that is all for this episode. If you have any questions or if you would like to be in the podcast, you can direct message me on Instagram at aspiring underscore apologist dot podcast. Uh, I also created a Facebook page called Aspiring Apologist, and we are on Twitter, or I'm on Twitter, <laughs> as Aspiring Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you have the, a great rest of your day, and I'll see you on the next podcast. Until then, bye.